Welcome. This is a special edition of To a Certain Degree Called Odd Numbers. Every other Monday, my guest and I choose a theme, we play some music, and we chat. Sometimes there are tangents. Occasionally we speak in chipmunk voices until you change the RPM setting on your record player. But it's always a fun talk, and I think you'll like it. This is the second annual Cyber Monday episode featuring the one and only Jeremy Sagers. You may know Jeremy from his work producing, directing, managing, and other verbs in the theater community here in Central Florida. He's also a very sentimental guy, especially about the Christmas season. So pull up your eggnog and don't get scrooged while you listen. Please wait until after the episode is over to get scrooged. And now on with the show. Wham on WPRK. Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. You're listening to Odd Numbers. My name is Nick. This is a special edition of To a Certain Degree where I have guests uh, that I've had in the past on the show, returning to the show. And I'm very happy today, very excited to have a very special guest back with me. Jeremy Sagers is here. Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning. I was eating a donut. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's why I try to interrupt. What I do is I bring a full complement of breakfast treats for my guests. It's true. And I like to end the song or time out the end of the song to write when they're still chewing. <laughs> well, I feel you, like you make a very good server, I think, because whenever I go to a restaurant, I, inevitably the server will ask, like, how's your food? Either they will ask before I've taken a bite. Sure. And it's clearly untouched. Or I will be mid-bite chewing. And how is everything? I'm like, mm, and they assume it's good because my mouth is full. Well, I mean, putting yourself in the server's position, the reason they do that is so that all you're going to do is nod right. or you're not going to have an opinion yet because right. they don't want to hear anything negative they don't know at that the point. Truth. Yeah. So that was Wham, of course, with last Christmas. We're doing our annual, I think this will become an annual thing. Well, it, yes. Second year in a row. It is, it is now officially annual. It's not, you know what bugs me? I know it's early to start on this, but is <laughs> when people say first annual something, there's no such thing. It's inaugural the first year. The first year is inaugural. And then the second year then can be an annual. annual. And this is annual. So I, you know, it's great. There's new surroundings. Yep. We're in the uh, bungalow suite of WPRK as they redo the building that WPRK usually sits in. So we're not quite in a basement right now. Right. We actually have windows. We're able to see outside. Uh, But again, we're back with the Cyber Monday show. I know. So we're going to do so much shopping talk. I mean, so I bought so much this morning. You did. I bought so much. So here's a funny story. 2006, um, and I guess Cyber Monday is just starting up, or maybe it was a couple years before that that term had been coined. And so I was working at a website company. And the Sentinel decided that uh, they wanted to interview some people about Cyber Monday. And so shoppers. Mm -hmm. So they went to a technology company because they were like, oh, it ties into technology as well. Anyway, it was before we knew anything, right? Like we might as well have been writing Y2K stories (laughs) still at the time. But the idea was that uh, they were going to interview me. I was going to talk about it and so on and so forth. And what happened was... I, I, this is the way I read it, because obviously you're going to be critical of anything that you're in. Anything, period. Yes. Okay, so I can be critical of anything. But if you're <laughs> yeah. in it, if you're the focus of the story, perfect. It's you're perfect. going to be even Nothing's more it. critical right. of it. 
it made it sound like I shopped at work all the time. That's pretty much all right. I did <laughs> at work. Like I was some sort of professional online shopper and Cyber Monday was just another day for me. <laughs> and that's what it is. That's right. what it really is. It's just another day for everyone. What I really appreciate is Giving Tuesday. Uh, that's which tomorrow. Is tomorrow. Okay. Yes. So hopefully people set aside enough of their time, money, energy, whatever. Uh, to give something back tomorrow because there's a lot of really good causes. What is, so Giving Tuesday um, is for uh, nonprofit organizations? Many or organizations the, okay. take part in it, yeah. Okay. So it's just sort of, um, you know, you, you go through this this weekend of days, right. basically. So you have the Thanksgiving, you have Black Friday, you have Cyber Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, small Every day business, of the week. Small business Saturday. Uh, <laughs> Sunday, apparently we rested, maybe. I'm not mm. sure. And uh, then you have uh, Cyber Monday and Giving Tuesday. What's Wednesday? Wednesday is Winning Wednesday. Winning Wednesday. Yep. You play the lottery or something? That's exactly what you do. (laughs) Yep. The lottery has branded Wednesday as Winning Wednesday. That's real thing? I just was... No, I just made that up. Oh, okay. (laughs) But if anybody from the lottery or Lotto Incorporated is listening and they want me to brand Wednesday for them... I can even do it as a hashtag. Right. I have enough knowledge of the interwebs based on that article that the Orlando Sentinel did of me to do that. I can create a hashtag. I think, I think the people, all the people who are listening to the show right now (laughs) need to get on that. (laughs) All of them. All of them. So we're going to talk a little (laughs) bit about the holidays. Um, Yeah, a little bit. Some of our favorite holidays are coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they get, they start out very strong as kids if you have those traditions growing up in your house it's a time for family it's a time for gifts all of those things and then as you grow older you know you learn certain things about certain people <laughs> i'm looking at you chris kringle right. and uh if you celebrate christmas of course right. uh but it becomes a little bit different so what does it evolve into for some people mm. what does it evolve into as you grow older and your family maybe grows, not surely like you're having kids or anything, but right. you make friends and, you know, those, their traditions become part of your traditions or, you know, in my case, coming from a family where we're all very close and then my parents got divorced when I was 15 and now we have, you know, for the longest time it was two holidays. And so mm. went to dad's house for this and went to mom's house for this and it was exhausting. So hmm. the evolution of that, what was it like for you starting out? Hmm. What do you remember? Because you're an only child. I am an only child. Um, so are you, you an only child? Uh, no, okay. no. I'm, I'm everybody's favorite child, but I do have a sister. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Being an only child uh, at Christmas and having a birthday right after Christmas was always like, Oh, wait, how close to Christmas? Is Two weeks after. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it was literally like you're just you're done with one set of presents and then you move on to so the next set. Birthday. You get all your New Year's presents. All, all the New Year's <laughs> presents. <laughs> and then you get your uh, your birthday presents. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little um, it was it was a lot. And then I kind of like you're like, you know, I hated um, the day after my birthday because it was like, well, all right, that's it. <laughs> For when a while. You're, and you're back in school. <laughs> oh, yeah, because school yeah. always started back right around my birthday. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and then you, you're, it's like, okay, well, I guess it's going to be a little dry spell for, for gifts. For gifts for a while. <laughs> for a while, yeah. These have to last me. Did you ever leave some wrapped so you could open some in the summer? Oh, no, but that was a good idea. I should yeah. have done that. You should have um, called me. I know. When you were a child. <laughs> when I was eight, I should have been like, hey. Um, hey, 10-year-old Nick. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Wait, give me some advice. Because my birthday's in July. Oh, yeah. So and it's perfect. Spaced out. Perfect. It's very spaced out. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of celebrating, though, because my dad's birthday is um, two weeks before Christmas. And my birthday is two weeks after, so it was it was that and that and that. You know, it was like Thanksgiving, then his birthday, then Christmas, then my birthday. So it was a lot of celebrating. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's interesting the older you get, yeah, because things do change. And I think also your worldview kind of expands and you, you start, when you start realizing that there are other holidays and celebrations and even, even people, you become close with people who don't celebrate at all yeah. and they find it, you know, obnoxious, but they still, I think, uh, uh, you know, tolerate my love for Christmas. Cause I do, I do like the holidays a lot. And I do like Christmas a lot, but I also like, um, learning about other people's traditions and, uh, and, and, and lack of, I mean, and that's something else I respect. I, I'm still a little like people, when people say like, oh, I don't like Christmas. I don't, I'm, I just like, really, I mean, like even from like a complete, like just feeling good and it gets cooler weather, the weather gets cooler, right, you right. know, I, but it's, you know, it's, it's, um, I, I get it. And not everybody, um, grew up with the same traditions and celebrates the same things. And I think that's really cool though, when you get older and you can kind of embrace all those little details about your friends. Um, well, I think that yeah. rejection, I, I think for me, it's twofold or mm-hmm. what I see is twofold when it comes to Christmas. One is, uh, I think we reject to an extent the consumerism of it, mm. right? It becomes so, if you hear me chewing, if you have ASMR, <laughs> either way, if it drives you insane or you're totally into it, <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. Because I'm the I'm the drive you insane type. Oh really? Yeah. So that <laughs> Sorry is about that. yeah. No, but that's that's your donut. That's what you want. You it's right now. People are like going to get breakfast and they need to, the wonder, sound i wonder if a lot of people are still full from the weekend oh yeah they may not be hungry this morning oh wow sorry about yeah. that people but these donuts are <laughs> delicious um and so is this coffee thank you so much for this lovely spread oh my gosh the coffee the donuts so we have the omelet bar right which i think i i at first i thought it was going to be a little much right you know bringing somebody in just to make essentially one omelet right because i don't eat breakfast Oh, not really at all? No, 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 no. So this is all for you. Oh, well, it's... So the it's... omelet bar. Now, I know the waffle, the... the I, and I hate to say this, but Stephen, the omelet guy, will not make you the waffle. The waffle is self-serve. Oh. So you have to make your own waffle. Okay. Um, the donuts are fresh. I got up early. They're very... They're got those. hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can That's, barely eat them. That is a request and a requirement of mine is they have to be lava hot... Yes. ...donuts. <laughs> well, the lava in the middle... Yeah. especially makes it. I mean, it's yep. supposed to be chocolate, um, but I don't know. It's it. My tongue, I can't taste anything. It's so. molten lead. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, good. Yeah, it's a very thin <laughs> strip of molten lead. So I feel like that is. Uh, so that's that's how we do it here. It's it. Well, it's delicious. Um, I did think that the kale in the waffle was a little strange. Yes. I mean, that's a little. It's yeah. It's a little. We're bringing that in, so we're trying some new things. This is part of the waffle bar, right. uh, the self serve waffle you see a lot in the hotels and things yeah. like that. I'm trying to bring that out, and uh-huh. I'm trying to think what can I add to it that isn't a hotel room, right? And the first thing, I mean, the first thing you think of when you think of not a hotel room is kale, right? Like the the opposite. If you were to look at a spectrum, right, any spectrum. Uh, hotel rooms would be on one side and kale would be on the other. 
And so that was what I was thinking is to bring you out of the hotel experience. Right. Just for if for just for a moment. Mm -hmm. And that was the idea behind it. Well, it's it is an interesting it adds an interesting texture and color yeah. to the waffle. Yes. Um and thank uh, you. Yes. And uh, I don't know if that was a compliment, but I'm still going to thank you. <laughs> it's, it's very it's very hip is what it is. Yeah. A, a kale waffle. I, I think it's very hip. I suddenly want to dress in all denim and wear suspenders. So and wear a bow tie. So that's very thank you for that. <laughs> so I like how there's no shirt though. All Just denim the suspenders. No, the denim shirt. Denim oh, everything. Denim. All denim. The Canadian everything. Uh, tuxedo then. And yeah, and suspenders and bow ties, what I'm and yeah. And I wanna like can I just grow a mustache right now? Sure. And wax it? Like, just Go. do little wax things? Okay. Uh, so gosh, Christmas. The rejection of consumerism. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So the idea that in August we start hearing the songs and the stuff starts going up and, you know, there's just all this stuff out there it's for a lot. people to decorate with. And, and I think to a certain extent we're getting that to a certain degree. We're getting that with Halloween too. Yeah. Right? Like, it's that's starting up in July. And you're getting all the candy and the decorations and other stuff, and it's going a little bit crazy. So I think that's part of it. I, I think the other part is uh, maybe, you know, you go through a rebellious phase when you're mm-hmm. a teenager. If you are if you grew up in the Christmas tradition and you may go through a rebellious phase where you're like, uh, God and family and no, I don't want any of that. So maybe you recover from that. Maybe you went through that. Uh, I did. But- I mean – yeah, God and family, the the two, um, the foundation of Halloween, really. Yes. Um, <laughs> the cornerstone, if you will. Um, yeah, uh, I I just, I think Halloween I came to kind of late, which is why I like it now a lot. I didn't, I wasn't allowed to celebrate Halloween. Yeah. So I'm okay with decorating for Halloween early and, and leaving it up, you know, um, all the way through the 31st. Um, which is very controversial. The 31st of January? Of January, yes. Yeah. That is a long time. No, when I say God and family and the rejection, yeah. but I meant Christmas. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. But, um, yeah, for for that, though, I don't know. Um, I never really rejected Christmas. I never – it's changed for me, you know, Was Christmas a religious holiday? Sure. I grew up – For you. My dad was a, a minister and um, in the church, um, Methodist – minister and um a lot of church time at christmas really but it was always very um celebratory and we it was a a, a uplifting time for us it was never like you have to believe this and i think it just depends how you're how you're raised because i was i was while being raised in the church i wasn't forced to believe anything or, Mm -hmm. or celebrate anything specific um, and it, you know, I think my, of course, my, my view of, of, of everything has changed. I mean, my, you don't know, hopefully yeah, you don't change, stay the same from when you're, you know, 12, 10, 13 years old. Right. Yeah. Um, but my, my view of Christmas. God, that would be nice though. Right. Exactly. Don't you wish that you I were like. to be that dumb kid again. Right. Ignorance is bliss to an extent. I mean, sure. it's dangerous. Um, as we know. Um, politically, but it's also, um, it's also really lovely. Sometimes I sit there and I'm like, oh gosh, well, wouldn't it be great if I was just doing homework right now instead of, um, well, I love my job, so I can't say instead of sitting at work, <laughs> but, um, instead of doing something like paying my bills or something, you know sure. what I mean? Um, it would be so nice to worry about like these little trivial things that we were so consumed with growing up. And, um, I think, 
Yeah, I, I think it does change. And, and this year, um, it's certainly changed. This is the first year that I will have spent Christmas without both of my parents. My dad passed away a couple months ago. And it's not, well, I'm sure it will be melancholy to a, to a certain degree. Mm. Everyone take a shot. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, I think that it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going up to Pennsylvania to spend it with some friends. First time I've ever spent Christmas without family, away from family. Christmas is always a time for family, whether or not it was religious. Um, but I'm going up there and they have two kids. They're, they're great friends of mine and their kids are wonderful. And I've watched them grow up and I'm going to get to spend Christmas around two kids and so that friends. energy is, oh, it's yeah. going to be great. And you yeah. know, I don't have kids of my own. So to me, that's what Christmas you, you, I think you really see Christmas in a different way. Um, the holidays in general, um, in, in a different way when you're around children. Sure. Um, because they have that innocence that you kind of want to capture. And, um, I will capture them in cages and uh, maybe drink their, maybe a little blood, maybe just to try to revitalize some of the youth. That's how it works, right? That's how you get the Christmas spirit. That's my right. understanding. It's in the blood. Well, it's, there's a distillation process. Okay. So you should look into that. It's a little bit like moonshine. Oh, oh yeah. well done. Yeah. I just had some five minutes ago, so we're good. <laughs> also um, the moonshine bar is right. part of the breakfast bar here. Once again, the kale, degree. interesting addition to, to the, the moonshine. moonshine. Yeah. yeah, kale moonshine. Kale I moonshine. It's, I had a lot of kale left you over. Did. Yeah, I invested in a kale-related uh, venture. Thank God it wasn't romaine. No, no, never again. Never, never it was a again. Romaine. Business idea. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I'm looking forward to Christmas this year, and it does change. And and um, will it? Will I always celebrate the same way? Hope not. I just, just like I don't celebrate my birthday the same every year. Was there a time, I remember uh, for me, I think I was 13, we were up in Ohio for Christmas mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the uh, obviously whether or not I still believed in Santa Claus at that point is up for debate, just in case any children are listening, uh, but I didn't. <laughs> but I had he believes in for, you. Of course he does. <laughs> but I had asked for, uh, for some reason, bomber jackets were in style. So leather bomber jackets with the patches mm -hmm. on it and uh, understanding that it was kind of expensive. So it's like, oh, that's, you know, that's kind of what I want. And then I got it, but it was my only gift. Oh. And so there was this, this realization and this disappointment of, okay, now I kind of understand it. I'm not going to get a bunch of, like, even if I got a bunch of smaller gifts, they're not going to bring me the joy that I used to get as a child. Like even the jacket was like, oh, it was like getting socks almost. Even though it's what I wanted and I right. asked for and all that stuff. Was there a moment uh, like that for you where wow. it was just a, from a gift perspective, you start to realize that it's not necessarily all about the gifts or it's not necessarily all about receiving the gifts, but obviously in a selfish way because that's the lens through which we see things on Christmas is what, what did I get? Right. Um, and what am I getting? I think it's when I probably started to work and, and earn money that I could then buy other people gifts. Mm -hmm. And then I realized <clears throat> that for me, it was um, watching them open the package yeah. or something that I had gotten for them, that joy that that brought them. I think that was maybe the start of it, but at least where it switched and it wasn't about receiving, it was about giving. And then one year my parents and I decided 
and my grandparents decided we weren't going to do gifts. We were going to give to organizations like donate money oh, sure. to charities yeah. and things. We yeah. did like a thing where we bought like animals for children in, in Africa yep. and you're not literal animals, but you give money and it's anyway. They, they represented they use it. by Heifer International, I think. Right. Is the organization. Oxfam yeah. is one. Yep. Um, and so we did that one year. And um, that was really a really great Christmas because we didn't have to worry about it, things being the right size. Going out, right ordering it, fighting people for stuff. At right. The, yeah. Killing people, I mean, for stuff, you know. Well, I mean, it's a short jab <laughs> with a shiv. Right. They may not, you know, necessarily take a mortal Well, uh, it's wound. months of training in yeah. jiu-jitsu to get that triangle neck lock thing. Yep. That the, tri- the good old triangle neck lock. There's, no, there's a woman on line who on Black Friday had gotten a fight with another woman at a store over a toy. And she is seen, hopefully humiliated, on the floor with this woman. And she's got her, her between her legs in this neck lock thing. Oh. And the figure four? I guess they called it a yeah. triangle neck, neck lock or something. And it's so absurd to me. And I'm like, I hope you're both incredibly ashamed of yourselves yep. because you're fighting over a toy and you're grown women, grown people. And yeah, to me, that's never been, I've never been that into something. And maybe it's cause I, I don't know why. Um, but well, it, that takes the, and so going back to sort of the, you know, the spirit of Christmas, right. which I think is another reason people, it, we find it easy to reject sort of the consumerism of it because it's easy to say, well, it's not what Christmas is all about and right. uh, things of that nature. But it was interesting for me growing up uh, Greek Orthodox. Mm-hmm. Christmas was a holiday that we celebrated and, you know, moving to the U.S., um, it, it was about sort of trying to adopt the cultures and customs of the U.S. So, you know, all of a sudden gift giving and decorations and Christmas trees and all of these things were very big. But what was really uh, uh, interesting in a way is that Easter was a much bigger holiday for us than Christmas. Makes sense. So Christmas was, you definitely go to church, you see a lot more people there on Christmas than you do uh, any other day of the year, except for Easter, which is you go multiple days that week and it is uh, huge mm-hmm. um, for a, a number of different reasons. But, you know, Christmas to me wasn't necessarily even a church holiday. Easter was. Mm-hmm. So Christmas was always growing up a gift-giving tradition. It was the hmm. family. It was even to an extent the Christmas songs, right. uh, which were not part of the church at all right. for me, you know, in terms of uh, any kind of song singing. We were singing songs in Greek. Right. And so and I love and, that. That's and none I of that love. was Christmas related. And I, I love that the traditions and other other cultural yeah. backgrounds or faiths or whatever you want to call it. Um, I love um, hearing songs sung in the traditional. I mean, the thing is, people don't realize about some of these uh, Christmas songs. A lot of the ones that are sung in church were actually drinking songs originally that when the early fathers of, of different denominations, different Christian churches, John Wesley, and um, the, they changed the lyrics, but they kept the tune because people knew the, the, the tunes the tune, yeah. from singing them in yep. bars. Yep. They were pub drinking songs. They were sea shanties. And they changed, they just changed the lyrics because if, you know, 
you're walking by, you stumble by a church and you hear this tune that you know, you're more likely to stop in and at least listen for a minute. And that got kind of got them in the door. Um, so I really like that they went that way instead of just giving out free booze at the church. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which you could argue communion wine. Maybe right. that's where that came from. Right. Probably a Please little don't strike me a down, little buzz. <laughs> I mean, but here's the thing is like we I mean, we talk about um Christmas and, and, and being so, you know, all the the authentic Christmas and the original Christmas and you know, um Jesus is the reason for the season and all that stuff. But like and that's great if you believe that, but ultimately it's there there were celebrations um that that predated Christianity around this time of year, mm-hmm. winter solstice and so many Oh sure. And they had to kind of uh take a little bit of that culture in order to yeah. get people over. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's important for people to research um the origin of something before they dive in, you know, one hundred percent. And it took a little time for me to do that. Growing up in the church, you don't you're not necessarily exposed to, okay, we're gonna sing a song that people used to sing when they were you know, drunk and stumbling home. and <laughs> That would be great though. Right. But that's why these songs, some of the, some of these songs are so catchy yeah. and we, we find ourselves like humming them is because like they had to be, because you have to remember when you're wasted and you're passed out and you know, they kind of have this swing to them, a lot of them. Um, so yeah, that's what I have to say about Christmas songs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's play a Christmas song. Let's do it. Uh, this is a more modern one. How about the waitresses with Christmas wrappings? I love this song. This is a great song. Uh, you're going to hear it on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. Jeremy Sagers is here. Woo! Okay. Well, he'll be here for another uh, couple of hours, 10 to 15 hours, I think you're going to do. Oh, um, that's how long the breakfast bar is scheduled to be here. So Stephen is a trooper when it comes to the omelet station. And so he'll be there slinging omelets. I mean, just really the one omelet for you. Slinging them at me. Yeah. Because I can't get up right now. You cannot get up. (laughs) So until the song starts, you cannot get up. So stay right there. This is The Waitresses on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. This episode is brought to you by My Own Private Antelope. How can you be closer to the animals, in danger from the animals, without being in the enclosure with the animals? The answer is, we can't. My own private antelope allows people to spend as much time as they want in a zoo. Hurry from the hippos, sidestep snakes, duck the ducks. Finally, you can experience nature as nature intended and pay us handsomely for the experience. Is it dangerous? Maybe. Well, absolutely. Reserve your enclosure at toacertaindegree.com. The waitresses on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. That was their Christmas song, Christmas Wrappings. W-R-A-P-P-I-N-G-S. The next song is playing, but I'm going to stop it. Okay. I I was going to say, this is kind of, this is like the, the moody lounge portion of the show, isn't it? We'll just fade that on out here. 
Yes, I like that. I love that song, The the Waitresses. Did they have any other hits? Do you remember? I think they did. They have yeah. a lot of uh, best of albums, so they must have a had A lot something. of best of? They have so many best of albums. Really? Yeah, it's basically the same one. They just keep reissuing it. Oh, sure. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, not like, um, you know, the Steve Miller band where it's like volume one, volume two, best Elton of, John, volume three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. No, yeah, they. That's all, that's the only song I think that I... No of theirs, but yeah. I'll have to go check out the uh, the best of. Yeah. I like best of. Best of compilations get a bum rap, I think, because it's like it's the best of. It, you can't go wrong. It's the you, greatest hits, but they're the greatest. You're hearing it out of context, sure. So, but it's is the best something? context. <laughs> I took it out of its regular context and I put it into awesome context. The best. If you heard yeah. like best song after best song. It doesn't, it just doesn't get any better than that. I mean, were you, okay, so we're going to take, <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry. My name is Nick. Yes. This is Odd Numbers. Jeremy Sagers is here. Rambling. We go off on tangents, but yes. this just, it just brought me back to something because when, before I could make CDs and burn CDs and I had a CD player in my car, I had mm-hmm. to listen to, you know, albums. Right. Basically from start to finish. And I remember uh, alphabetizing them. Yes. Not that I'm really particular on how to do things or very, uh, uh, very retentive on things. I am actually. Uh, so I would alphabetize them. I would have them in the little cases, uh, you know, take them out of the CD cases right. and put them into the little folder things. Oh. And I was like, oh, I really want to listen to this album, but I have these three albums to listen to first. Or if there was a song on an album that I wanted to listen to, well, I've got to go through these two songs first. Like you had to earn it. I see. And it was exhausting. And I'm so glad I, I grew out of that phase. Right. But was that when you had to listen to stuff mm. in a row mm-hmm. or a cassette, for example, like you had even less control over oh, fast God. forwarding or just going to one song? Uh, do you miss that? Like, how do you listen to music now versus then? And which did you prefer? I think I preferred. So whenever I was introduced to a new um, band or something like that, I would always go to the record that I knew the best. And then I would go back. I would listen to that and then, or the one that was like critically acclaimed or everyone was talking about. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go back and listen to the previous catalog. And I don't know if that's what you're talking about. As far yeah, as like yeah, listening in order. Yeah, sure. So I wasn't that um, anal retentive, but I, <laughs> but I, but I, um, but I didn't, um, when I listened to stuff, I would, I think I would fast forward to the songs that I liked best, like fast forward, meaning like if it was a cassette tape or something. Um, and if it was, if it's vinyl, I tend to listen to it front to back. Like, sure. I, I do. I just, it's just something about like, it's, well, let's be honest. It's not getting the needle in the right place. And I have this, like, if I put it down, if I put, if I put the needle down in the wrong spot on the record and it's not absolutely right i'm gonna ruin it and i'm it's gonna ruin me because i'm so um i'm more of a a more of a control freak ocd about that (laughs) than i am about listening the whole to the whole thing so um yeah i like the song it's on side b but i just can't take the chance i'm gonna listen to that i would get like a second of (laughs) of like the song before or that would start a second too late i have to hear the whole thing i used to record songs off the radio um, if sure. I wanted just the song and I didn't want to yeah. go by the the single back when they had singles, I don't. Think they you had to wait. Anymore. You had to wait until it was played, and then hopefully you didn't get the DJ talking <sighs> over it. That was the worst. When that they was would the talk. worst. Yeah, or they would play like their little 
station announcement ID thing. Um, and it would come in and just interrupt Roxette singing, It Must Have Been Love. Right. How dare you? That's the worst <laughs> of all of them. <laughs> of all of the experience, of all the possible right. songs that could be interrupted. <laughs> yeah. That one by far. I get it's fading and you think it's over, but it ain't over. It's not over. <laughs> so anyway, and that's an actual experience. But anyway, no, I would do that. And um, yeah. Yes. I don't know what we're talking about. Cassettes are coming back now. Isn't that Cassettes weird? Cassettes are coming back. I think that's records dumb. have been back for well, a while. Well, records I get because you get yeah. a certain quality. There's a certain kind of like quality to listening to them. But, yeah. but And they last, if you take care of them, they last long. But they last a long time. But but with 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 tapes, with cassette tapes, it's like, come on. You leave them in your car, especially here, they're going to melt so I think what you're saying, I think in a, in a roundabout sort of way mm. to bring it back to the holidays, <laughs> Jeremy is sort of uh, putting it out there that he wants a lot of cassettes. So many for cassettes. For the holidays. So just if you're listening, right? And whether or not you're a friend of Jeremy's and whether or not you're planning to get him a gift, cassettes are the way to go. Cassettes and laser discs. I want media yeah. that I cannot play. Well, would you like mixtapes? Because, I mean, all sure. the effort and time that goes into a mixtape. As long as I have no way to listen to it, yeah. that's the best. I think that's really good because then you never know what a person was intending to say to you. Right. So it could be whatever you want in your head. Right. It could be very positive. It could be kind of melancholy, those sorts of things. Right. The mixtape that you can't play is the mixtape that means the most. And that's a wonderful analogy for relationships. If you don't get involved, you, you don't have. get your heart broken. Yeah. So great. <laughs> you just great. never know. <laughs> Uh, so I had a, going back to the holidays, I had a pre-Christmas Christmas, as oh. some Greek people do, because I have a name day. My name day is December 6th, and that's a very big deal with Greek Orthodox. So it was like a second gift-giving slash acknowledgement of my existence day. So I get calls from relatives. Uh, I would get gifts from everybody. And it was like, oh, okay, good. Now I'm going into Christmas, like on a high note. I already got some gifts. Got that, you know, that initial anxiety about what gifts or how to open them. Mm -hmm. You know, like, am I going to tear it here? Am I going to tear it here? I get that out of the way. <laughs> and then I'm ready for Christmas. I'm ready to tear open the gifts that, you know, Santa brings that my parents gave me uh, because I had that. In between Christmas and your birthday, you've got New Year's. It's true. I was supposed so, to be born then, around then. And, I, I, and you were like, I'm not coming out yet. I'm not coming out. I'm not, I wanna, this is I too want, much. I want 77. I want to be born in 77. I yeah. want to be born on the 7th. So I got all these sevens in my whatever, astrology. Makes sense. Stuff. I don't even know what all that means. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah. Um, I've got New Year's in between. So was that something that you celebrate or that's a big deal for you? Or is it just sort of there as you're waiting for your birthday to hit? It's sort of there as I'm waiting for my birthday to hit. I don't really do resolutions because as we all know, they don't, nobody keeps them. I don't keep them. Should we do resolutions for other people? Yes. And hold and them then, accountable. Yes. And then like <laughs> charge them or otherwise, you know, do some sort of uh, demerit system. Yeah. When they don't hit the things that we think they should do. Yes, I think that that's a wonderful idea. I think in some sort of charging or debit, even if it's like emotional debit, yeah, where you're gonna like make them feel awful about themselves. Everybody they, knows, right? Everybody knows the best way to motivate somebody 
is to make them feel super crappy. Yes. Yeah. I think we all know that from just going home for the holidays mm-hmm. and the shame that we sometimes feel. I'm not saying all families do this, mom and dad, but <laughs> shaming us into things. Nick, they don't listen. It's always okay. worked for me. I know. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I think that that's the American way. Is shame people into oh, I don't doing think it's, things? It's American. Just American. I think we've I think we've brought that in from a number of different cultures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. So New Year's resolution wise, yeah. let's let's look at Orlando for a second, okay? Because I think because yeah, I don't do it. So yeah, well, you and I don't do it. Yeah. So it, instead of and we're not going to name names on the air. The, the city that we live in. But, <clears throat> no, no, no. We'll I mean, name, like, we're I not going to name O-Town, if you know what I mean. No, 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 no. O- we can name Orlando. Oh, oh okay. Orlando's safe. I'm not oh, saying okay. our friends and family, we're not going to say, hey, <laughs> uncle. I was like, once you say O-Town, you can't give it Right. You know, this is this is a resolution I'd like for you to take on right, this right. year. <laughs> we're not going to do that. Right. That is uh, not Can we please just call everyone Jebediah, though? Yeah, no. Jebediah, I'm talking to you. Jebediah. This is, it's a code name for <laughs> whoever you want it to be. Right. <laughs> whoever, if you're listening and you feel like you're Jebediah, maybe you are. Yeah. Maybe you are. <laughs> I like it. Uh, but for Orlando, I think we don't do that enough. But you and I have talked uh, a few times about, you know, some of the stuff we'd like to see in Orlando. I think we're both very passionate about it. But having lived here for a long time and having another new year come up, um, you know, I think that it's it's sometimes tough to take a step back and go, yeah, well, there's all these things that it would be great if we could do, if we could get more and figure out and all get on the same page about what Orlando really means and Orlando's personality is. And, mm-hmm. you know, do we always have to compare ourselves to these cities? Can we do this instead? But yeah. also to acknowledge at the end of the year how far Orlando has come. And yeah, there's some, there's some cycles, right? Like we've gone, we had a great underground culture that's kind of, you know, went down in the way under, way (laughs) under, uh, in sort of the two thousands. And, you know, we, um, to an extent compete with, or feel like we're competing with the theme parks. It's so unnecessary to, to, to feel that way because to me, they, um, they have to coexist, right? Especially being an artist. Yeah. Um, so many local actors and 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 technicians and and, and artists are employed at the theme parks, and um, they would not live here um, if they didn't have that job. Well, they wouldn't be getting their, you know, to an extent, their ten thousand hours. So sure. if you buy into that idea that you don't become an expert at something until you get those ten thousand hours, sure. it's really true of anything, whether yeah. it's ten thousand hours, whatever you want to measure it by. Right. So I, I think that's true as yeah. well. But it took me a long time to get to the point where I wasn't feeling like it was an us versus them right. with the theme parks. Right. I feel like. We're looking at a city that has uh, grown quite a bit in a number of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to get the chip off my shoulder about living in Orlando. I had a lot of friends when I was younger move because they felt like they couldn't be the creative they could be. They couldn't, you know, live to their potential in Orlando. That makes me so that that makes me crazy when people say, like, um, you know, I can't be creative um, in uh, with Orlando, or I can't be creative in this town, or you know, LA. I'm like, no, you can't be creative anywhere. I think if you can't be creative where you are, where you are, yeah, 
Yeah, it's not creative. Okay, so <laughs> there are communities. So there's yeah. obviously going to be more writers in certain places. Right. There's, there's going to be more centralized um, television industry in certain places, mm-hmm. or whatever that is. Sure. But I think that you know, just like on the on the uh, athlete side, mm-hmm. um, where you can be a global icon on any team, you don't have to go to New York, you don't have to go to L.A. Right. to do that. It it may help, mm-hmm. but with the internet and everything else, you could also do that wherever you are. But Absolutely. again, it comes back to that talent, and it also comes back to finding your tribe to an extent. Mm-hmm. So if you're just assuming that it's going to be easier to find you know, a like-minded individuals that will help, you can help each other lift uh, yourselves up um, in New York. I, I think you're wrong. I think you're right. just not looking. And even if you move to New York or LA, you're going to have trouble finding those people because if you can't find them in Orlando, what makes you think they're just, like they're just sitting around waiting for you in New York? Sure. Well, and then that, and the other thing is in, in New York um, and other major cities, um, a lot of the times the people are, are on their own, they're trying to climb their own ladder. And yeah. they're not necessarily going to. So many ladders up there because their buildings are tall. So many ladders. They've run out of streets, so they just have to climb yep. ladders. Um, but they, they will. They they're trying to to find their own way to the top, right? And they're not there to help you. They're not there to collaborate with you. Not everybody, but you find that a lot. Where you, when I lived there, you know, I was just trying to. Um, connect with friends to do you know to work on projects together and it's so hard because everyone's so busy mm-hmm. and everyone has they're like running their own game they're like doing their own like no i've got i've got this meeting about this thing that's about my idea or my project and nobody wants to kind of um hear what you have to say or or maybe take a step back from their own journey up that ladder to to work with you, to collaborate with you and, and do something together. Um, and that's not, like I said, that's not everybody. But one of the things I do like about Orlando a lot is you can put out there to whatever, your your friends, your, your community. Group, yeah. uh, let's, let's have a, uh, let's start a play reading series or let's do this thing where we get together once a month and we read a play and here it is. And before you know it, you've got like 20 people who are like, instantly on it and yeah let's do it and they do it whether or not it keeps up i mean that's different you have to work to keep something like that going but people are at least interested and and they're on board it's not like oh no i've got this thing to do or that thing to do or i'm so into this and um so there there is that here um and i would love to see even more of that happen um i would love to see the cross pollination of sort of the older generation, more established artists Mm -hmm. and the young up and coming ones that are either um, college students or have just recently graduated and are trying to decide if they want to stay in Orlando or if they want to leave. I want to see those people working together a lot more Um, because I think that it will help. It will just, it'll make a better community. Um, We have an identity crisis to an extent here because so many people, I think, feel like they do have to compete with um, theme parks, but they can, I think um, there can be a symbiotic, is that the right word? Um, yes. Um, relationship. Like Venom and Eddie Brock. Who are they? Those are... Uh, I know Venom. Yeah, Marvel characters. So Eddie Brock is... The Venom is... Eddie yeah. Brock is the character that was in the movie that's played <gasps> by... Um, Tom. Tom Waits. Oh, no. Hardy. Hardy. Okay. Wow. Tom, Tom Waits is coming up next. If Tom Waits... 
played a Marvel character. That would be amazing. That would be the best. Might have been a better movie. Yeah. What we actually got, but a symbiotic relationship. Symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And um, I always go to comic book analogies if I can. That's (laughs) great. And Tom Waits analogies, which I appreciate. Um, but yeah, so, so I don't, you know, I don't fault people for, for wanting to work at the theme parks. I could never do it, but that's because I have a hard time with authority, but, um, yeah, I, you have a problem working <laughs> for anyone, right? Except so I, I, I don't think we're, <laughs> I, I hope that didn't come across as negative. No, no, it's, I, I, you have to just, you well, in those situations when there are so many, you know, there's the, there are a lot there's a lot of um, corporate stuff to sure. red tape and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I have the biggest uh, issue with, hard time dealing with. But other people can do it, and, and it's great. And it, if it means that they are here and they're contributing to the community, if if working there allows them to do a play that maybe doesn't pay their rent month after month, but but is something they're passionate about, yeah. and they're still able to stay here and do that and contribute to the community artistically. Um, then I think it's I think it's great. Well, it might even be more so because again, you have a group of people who are generally very creative, right? Because of what they're doing, whether they're on whether they're on the performing side, sure. whatever that means, or on sort of the background side. Because if you look at the level of detail that they put into everything, artistry, yeah, yeah, you're going to get people who are really neat. So. Uh, so for one of the New Year's resolutions you would have for Orlando, it's sort of continue to collaborate, find that, continue finding that identity. Yeah, and get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. Get out of your, like, if you're, if you are um, just, yeah, get out of your comfort zone. Talk to people, participate in things that you normally wouldn't. Go go to shows. If you're If you're a theater person, go to an art opening. If you are a you know, dancer, go, um, go to a, a show at Wills or something, you know, experience art and culture that you normally wouldn't without, without the branding of we're coming together as a community for this. Just do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like we shouldn't have to be told that this is like, that certain important things are or, important. Yeah. Exactly. Or that this is a community experience or this is a, you know, it, it anything that's like if you're a creative person no just like just just do it yourself do yeah. it yourself um and uh and you'll be fulfilled i mean i i get so much inspiration out of going to see stuff that's not just theater even though i'm a theater artist um well how do you end up pushing yourself if all you're seeing is theater that you're just taking from yeah. that genre yeah and putting it back into it you need that other those other experiences in order to do that Definitely, definitely. So let's take a break. Let's play another song. Let's do it. Um, I I don't think I gave you your due in terms of an introduction. Jeremy Sagers is here. (laughs) uh, Writer, director, producer, all around nice guy. (laughs) Donut eater. Yes. uh, Consumer. Kale enthusiast. (laughs) Yes. All of these things and more. The kale waffles are very, turned out very good, I have to say. I was skeptical at first because of the color mostly. Yep. But the the texture, when you put the garlic aioli on it, though, right, boom, right, boom, that's what really drew, brings it all together. <laughs> it's got the punch. Yeah, tried it with chimichurri sauce first. Was okay. Yeah, garlic aioli is the way to go. Okay, garlic aioli. I'll try sriracha next. Yeah, that's okay. a good idea. Okay. 
Uh, but Jeremy, uh, we'll talk a little bit about one of the projects you have coming sure. up. It sounds really interesting in the next hour. We have a lot of other stuff to uh, talk about, including uh, let's talk about gifts for okay. the holidays and maybe places where you can get stuff that's a little more local, that's a little more interesting and compelling, and maybe even some custom things made for the holidays. So you can be yeah. that person that comes in and gives the gift <laughs> and everyone else, because this is really gift giving is a competitive sport. Right. So, and everybody else's gift looks like garbage in comparison, <laughs> right? I mean, that's what you want. Right. So that's what we'll have coming up after the next hour. Let's play a song right now. Let's do Tom Waits. Okay. Christmas card from a hooker in Minneapolis on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Let me tell you a little bit about our new sponsor, The Last Straw. You're at work. You're starving and need something fast for lunch, so you pick up a sub. You barely chew it. You're so hungry. It was just there, and now it's gone. That's bad, right? No, seriously, that's bad, right? Because I literally just had a sandwich when I woke up this morning. Like every morning I wake up starving, I make a Philly cheesesteak at, well, forget that for a second. How about we slow that process down? With a straw, a sandwich straw. You stab it and then suck out the sandwich. You get a little bit of everything, and now it takes hours to eat that sandwich. The last straw for your health. Esquivel on WPRK. Winter Park. Over the hills of snow. (laughs) Zoo, zoo, zoo. Zoo, zoo, zoo. Over the hills of snow. Over the hills. We just did what I was criticizing um, DJs. (laughs) For doing to my rock set. Well, no, no. What happened was there's <laughs> oh. actually a scratch on it and it skipped. Oh. So it went back to 11 seconds. Or th- there was a glitch in the matrix. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're <laughs> that listening. whole song could have been a skip. You're listening, <laughs> to, you're listening to Matrix Talk <laughs> on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. This is actually zoo, Odd zoo, Numbers. Zoo. My very special guest, Jeremy Sagers. What is Odd Numbers? I try to do in, when I'm bringing back uh, <sighs> guests. So it's a different, it's a slightly different show. So Jeremy has been uh, sort of on the show a couple of times now. Uh So when we were promoting or you were promoting St. Joan. Yep. Uh, We were here. We had like a mini, mini episode. Mini episode. Mini ep. Mini ep. Mini mini sode. We don't have time to say mini episode, so we just say min ep. Right. Uh, Which also sounds like inept, which is also true. Yeah. (laughs) Then you were on last year for the full interview. Got to know you a little bit better. Yeah. Have uh, talked since and Mm -hmm. wanted to have you back. And so Cyber Monday is sort of your show time. It's officially the holidays, and I'm a big fan of the holidays. The holidays, you love to shop. I love born to shop. Baby, we were born to shop. Can we play some Springsteen? Of course. That'd be great. Of course. I believe he does at least one Christmas song. He, oh, it's that terrible Santa Claus <laughs> is Coming to Town that goes on for like 10 minutes. It's a 10-minute uh, rendition. Uh, but Saturday was Small Business Saturday or Shop Small Saturday, whatever you call it. Yep. Um, what I'd like to, and I think you are on the same page, is encourage people to do is get out there to the markets yeah, that are out there markets. Um, and look for the local vendors and get gifts that are, look, the, the, a couple of different ways you can look at this. One, you're a very competitive gift giver. You want to give the best one. Go to these local markets mm-hmm. and find the handmade local selection that is just so awesome that it's going to blow everybody else and the away. unique one there's a lot yeah. of unique there's stuff for everybody Absolutely. you don't have to go for just like the the christmas ornament made out of a pine cone or something right. like that 
Right. Yeah. yeah, that's not the craft market right. that, you know, this is more on the Etsy side of right. things where you're getting something really unique. And so you want to be the, the best gift giver. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to get something that really speaks to the person's personality. Yes. And if you don't know what that personality is, that is uh, something you can determine if you go to these markets. Because right. I think that you can really look at stuff and go, oh, okay, yeah, that does seem to suit them. Yes, and then I think the other part of it is you're you're support, uh, supporting local and supporting small businesses. So a couple of ones coming up. Yes. I'm just going to throw them out there uh, this weekend, December second, um, and these are ones that I've gone to, so I know there are more out there. And if I'm missing any, please feel free to to bring it to my or Jeremy's attention. But mm-hmm. these are the ones that I've attended uh, in the past. The Deland Indie Market is going on uh, over in the Artisan Alley. It's a really cool part of Deland um, and so many good vendors there. That's from 11 to 5 on Sunday. Uh, more closer to home is Will's Affair Vintage and Indie Art Holiday Market. I love that's that one. over at Will's Pub. Yeah. And that's from 1 to 9 on Sunday. Uh, December 8th, there's a ton of them going on, a lot of really good ones. You've got um, a vintage flea market going on at the Carousel Emporium. It's over by... Florida Hospital and the Science Center. The Carousel of Progress, what'd you say? The Carousel Emporium. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. it's on the Carousel of Progress. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, you just have to ride it. You know, that one ride that always has the short line, but it's air conditioned. I'm expecting an update announcement any day from Disney that that's what's going to be. Yeah, next. <laughs> it's just now a vintage flea Shopping. Market. Yeah. Forget uh, exiting through the gift shop. The ride is the gift shop. What I've gotten there is a lot of pieces and parts that I've used in some of the pieces that I've done. So a lot of little name tags cool. and porcelain things and just pieces and parts. So really neat stuff there. Nice. Uh, the Heavy, which is a new place here I love in the town. Heavy. They're doing a holiday pop-up market that day. Again, this is December 8th. That's from 11 to 3. And then if you haven't gone, I, I always think you can find some of the most unique gifts and see some of the uh, most interesting artists that we have in town as far as pottery goes at the Orlando Pottery Festival. Um, and that's the 8th annual uh, that's from 9 to 5 on that day. Then December 9th is Milk Mart in the Milk District. Excited for that one. The Pottery Festival is still going on. December 16th is a really good one. It's one of my favorites. Uh, you have Grandma Party Bazaar. Orlando Institution. Yeah. Grandma Party. I, I have to say there's one there that um, I always find unique because they're not anywhere else. And that is the the Bug Lady is what she's... It's, oh, yeah. It's, um, politely peculiar, I think is how you say sure. the name of the business. That's but how you she, say it. she does these little uh, dioramas that have bugs in them. Yeah. And um, not, li- not live, they're dead. Um, like taxidermy. I don't know how you taxidermy a bug, but whatever. Um, but they're like scenes from movies or pop culture. Um, and they're really charming. They're not gross at all. I don't think so. I mean, I have. Um, my sense of humor is maybe a little different. I don't think you even have to go that dark to really appreciate something like that. I think that's a lot of fun. I think there's so much fun. They had one um, last year, the year before that I wanted to get and I didn't. um, I'm kicking myself for it. They recreated the shower scene. Still regretting. Um, It was the shower scene from Psycho recreated with bugs, little beetles. Um, It was amazing. And they, because they do, she does, I mean, she pays such attention to detail. Yeah. And um, so that's my little, I have to shout out for Grandma Party to her because um, I think it's just so unique and you don't see her any, I don't think, I haven't seen her any other um, markets. So yeah, she's a great one. Um, 
trying to think of the other people who do like if you see Orlando shirts at any of these places. Sure, Orlando shirts, Swan City. Swan City is great. Uh, Daily Fresh Threads. Secret Society uh, Goods. Heads by Amber. Yeah, we could go on and on. Right, but they're they're going to be at at least one or more of these events. So you've got Grandma Party Bazaar, and also across the street at. Mm-hmm. Um, where the lovely is in Park FCDs, they do a market out there as well, yes. just to take advantage of the traffic. So you're going to get everything all in one place there, and go which is early awesome. so you can find good parking because that's the find thing. good parking. And then if you're going to go to whether it's the Bug Lady or anybody else, yeah. they're going to sell out of some stuff. Yes, they're, the yeah. best stuff is available first thing. Yeah, in the AM mm-hmm. or morning, as we like <laughs> to call it, in case you don't know what AM stands for. <laughs> A morning <laughs> is, I believe, what it a morning, uh, yes. stands for. Um, also, again, a lot of other good markets, a lot of other good ways to interact with uh, some of these uh, people. Uh, Bizarre Botanica it's a is great one. one that I haven't been to, mm-hmm. but is uh, is out there. And then uh, Favo, the Faith Arts Village, mm-hmm. I think their first Friday will be coming up, so you'll be able to find some. And just that experience going to Favo is awesome it's very cool yeah Yeah. so basically what they did was they turned an old hotel on motel drive motel like an old yeah um individually each of these rooms um which is the classic florida sort of design where you're looking out into the courtyard and stuff has been turned into a studio for one or more artists Mm -hmm. and so some really neat i saw some really great taxidermy and pottery there some amazing painters and i think the thing is okay so when you're going to these events it's not like a trade show where people are trying to sell you on stuff or sign you up for things or the, people want to talk about their art. In, mm-hmm. in many ways, it reminds me of Maker Fair Orlando, mm-hmm. which is you don't see a lot of vendors there. What you see are people showing off kind of what their expertise is. Mm-hmm. And so they want to talk about the stuff. They want to talk about how they made it. They want mm-hmm. to talk about why they're doing it. And honestly, in many ways, they want to get some feedback on what would you like to see or what is missing right. from this collection of things or, you know, what what do you appreciate about this? Even if you don't buy anything, it's totally fine. Just come up and say, oh, my God, your stuff is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I really, really like it. And take their card because a lot of them will have Etsy shops. So say you don't want to buy anything for the holidays, but there's a birthday in Something July. And you don't you it's down the road and you don't want to get something this early. So you take their card or you write yeah. down their information and then or uh, follow them right there on Instagram, Instagram or Facebook or ab- all of those things. Absolutely. And take a picture. This is what I like. To, I take a picture and then I tag them on it on Instagram and it's promoting their business. And you also have a reminder of that yep. thing that you liked so I think much. What's interesting about when you do that, mm-hmm. you're also taking a selfie. So all I see is your head. Right. So I don't see the actual vendor at all. <laughs> so I really appreciate that because I feel like you're kind of hijacking the post. Well, it's a hey, little. Hey, look at this Secret Society good stuff. Right. And it's just you, Jeremy. It's a pin. Well, the pin is on my back and yeah. I, I can't take a picture of my back. That would be That's silly. That's just dumb to take a picture of the pin on your back. Sorry, Sean. So, yeah. Um, no, but they're great. Uh, <laughs> Secret Society is is They're fantastic. Fabulous. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they had a booth the other day at uh, uh, Milk District. Um, what's the little? It was it was it was small Saturday Shop small business set. Yeah. yeah, and over there they had a little booth with Orlando shirts. Where I got my shirt today. They have a holiday 
Christmas themed Orlando centric shirt. So kind of an ugly sweater design. Right. But because it's, you know, 80 degrees still. We're wearing t-shirts. Wearing t-shirts. Guys, for all of, I have a lot of listeners in the Northeast, have a lot of listeners in Canada. Just telling you guys still wearing, I'm wearing my traditional Beefy King shirt (laughs) uh, for Cyber Monday. Because I feel like that's where I'm going to get a lot of uh, play. Um, I'm going to do a lot of my shopping today on BeefyKing.com. <laughs> order, order that roast beef. Yep. <laughs> Online. Just get that shipped to you. Shipped hot and fresh to your door. That would be an interesting container to oh, see God. how you could keep that fresh and hot <laughs> in the hot container. Hot beef in the mail just makes me <clears throat> a little... Okay, so <laughs> it's a little... Well, let's take a break. Yes, I think we yeah, because I think you need you need a moment <laughs> to think about Beefy King Hot and beef all the, the repercussions. Yeah. So why don't we play a song here? Let's see what we will play now. It is a song called. You can tell I'm stalling, right? Yes. As I try well, I mean, to, bring we can. This I can stall up. as well. We. Uh, well, you were not saving me. Well, I, I finished my there. donuts. I finished the kale waffles. I finished my omelet. Um, that was thrown at me. What else can I eat here? How about the how about coffee? the little drummer boy? I can't eat that. Oh, oh, would you like to hear it? Yes. Though? Which version well, though? Uh, the Harry. Yes, I love Simeon it. My favorite choir. version. It's my favorite. Perfect. I love it because there's no drums in it. That's why yes. I like it. Yeah, it's all choir. It's too based. much nudge, nudge, wink, wink when they yeah. actually add a lot of drums to it. It's it's like you're you're wearing the band T-shirt. To the concert. On the nose. It is it's too on the nose. It's a little drummer boy. You right. don't need the drums. No. We've got it. It's implied. Right. Yeah. I like this version. There's a I, tim- like- I think there's a timpani and then there's just voices, I think, is all there I is. I believe there is. I think that's all right. Let's listen okay. to it. <laughs> You're going to hear that on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. My name is Nick. I'm here with Jeremy Sagers. This episode is brought to you by Bidbus. What's better than a cheap ride share? How about one where you don't know the destination? Bidbus works just like Lyft, but with a healthy dose of eBay. Your drop-off is auctioned off, so you're delivered to the highest bidder. Will it be your house? A coffee shop? A timeshare presentation? Just remember, you have the option to outbid them, so everyone wins. Well, mainly we win. We always win. Bidbus, helping businesses capture new customers. Ah, maybe capture isn't the right word here well download the app at to a certain degree.com my favorite version of the little drummer boy yeah my their voices are so clear just some pristine. problems with the cd and so we played oh. uh vince that was vince garaldi oh was it yeah linus oh. and lucy i thought it was an I- interesting take it, it was a very interpretive yeah. version of Little Drummer okay. Boy. Linus well, and Lucy from Vince Guaraldi Trio. Whoever they are. Whoever they might be, whatever no. holiday-related that, special. That's commercial, right? They use that in Yeah, they use um, that in the commercial. <laughs> Isn't that sad that, that a lot of kids will only know certain songs because they're in commercials selling things? I, I don't know. I'm okay with that sort of thing. Like, okay. oh, so for example, the Weezer cover of uh, Toto's Africa. Yeah. Right. So many people only are going to know it from that, just like uh, any other cover that's done. They may mm-hmm. not know the original. Are people missing something or are they appreciating it less because they don't understand or know the history of it? Right. It's Toto's Africa. Right? <laughs> it's not like it's, you know, this song that's been around for. 
thousands of years that has this rich tapestry of a history. Right. It's an 80s song. Well, though, that would be um, I Want to Break Free by Queen that was using like a Coke commercial or something, yeah. wasn't it? And I was like, no, I think this is about his sexuality and his I, life. Maybe something know, else. But not yeah. Coca-Cola or whatever, Pepsi or whatever it was. But maybe that's Coca-Cola or whoever being a little subversive. Maybe. Good morning. My name is Nick. <laughs> We're here on Conspiracy Talk with Jeremy Sagers. <laughs> Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning. Jeremy, let's talk a little bit about... Uh, Jeremy's here, um, obviously, because he's amazingly talented and smart and passionate. And I was available. All of these other things. <laughs> and he said, Cyber Monday, I'll have all my shopping done by 2 a.m., so count me in, I stayed up bro. all night. I didn't even sleep. Yeah, no, I know. I can tell. Midnight, I was on it. Well, you know, now Cyber Monday kind of... St- it's like Black Friday weekend. It starts Black Friday. It doesn't even start oh, Black Friday it does, anymore. It starts Thursday. It starts Wednesday right. or Tuesday. I mean, it, 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 it's all becoming a blur. Right. And now, then it's so just it like, really here's matter. some discounts. Have fun. Here's some yeah. stuff. You know, you're basically saving on, what is it, sales tax or shipping or something by the like 10 or 20%. Some discounts are better than others. Um, but no. And then it goes through, um, you know, Monday, sometimes Tuesday. Um but it's yeah, it's it's funny. People are people are funny. But so if you listen to past shows with Jeremy, uh, you'll hear about some of the project he some mm-hmm. of the projects he was working on. <laughs> some of the project. On, some of the project <laughs> he was working on uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very it's a great interview. So if you want to learn more about Jeremy and you want to learn more about what's going on in the theater community here in Orlando, I'm not saying necessarily that you're an expert, but you kind of have your I get finger on the pulse. I get a, I, I try to see, I try to, you know, I don't get to see everything and I'm, I get really disappointed when I can't see stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and people message me, I have friends, it's, oh, you know, hope you can make it to the show. And if I don't, it's not because I don't want to. It's sure. not, you know, it, it's, it's you just You can't hard. make it to every show. Well, especially like I work in a theater and if we're doing a show, then I'm there. You're, you're done. I'm yeah. working. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and those, you know, that's. On weekends, so, um, but uh, I've seen some really good stuff this year, and looking forward to some really good stuff next year. So let's talk about that. You've yeah. got a show coming up in January that sounds mm-hmm. really, really interesting, and it was funny because you told me the title, mm-hmm. and my mind went to The Simpsons, and it is actually Simpsons adjacent. It is. It is The it's, Simpsons, the television show. Yeah, Simpsons, the television show. Um, it's called Mr. Burns, um, a post-electric play. And um, it, it was written uh, about 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago, by playwright Ann Washburn um, for a theater company called the Woolly Mammoth Theater. And um, it's, it was a bunch of actors and, and, and her sitting around. And they started to... Um, the, the, the play was born out of them starting to retell episodes of The Simpsons and try to remember episodes um, in bits and pieces and chunks and filling in spaces um, from like the first 10 seasons. So early Simpsons. Yeah. And um, it's some would on. say the best of Simpsons. I would say, yeah. yeah, it's going on its 30th uh, season right now, if you can believe it. It's a long time. Yeah, I stopped watching yeah, a while back. It's a lo- <laughs> I won't see anything. I haven't seen it in a long time, um, but it was part of my, my youth. I will sure. say that. It was yeah. a huge part of my Culturally, youth. Culturally, it's uh, very important and uh, very much, yeah. a touchstone for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so they, they were, were retelling episodes of The Simpsons, and um, she started documenting it, writing it down, and it became the first act of this play. Mr. Burns, um, which takes place in the future, the uh, near 
future um, in which a catastrophic catastrophic event has happened and knocked us off the power grid. So we no longer have electricity and we have resorted to talking to each other in person um, and And storytelling, storytelling um, around a campfire. And um, there's this kind of feeling that there may be some um, imposing force out there. You don't know if it's um, another group of people or if it's like zombie, you don't, not sure what's around them that this sort of, they're, they're, has made them paranoid. They don't mm-hmm. know, but they are. Um, they've resorted to sort of to pass the time, tell stories, and they're trying to remember episodes of The Simpsons, and that becomes their um, mythology or or oral tradition. Um, and then from there, Act Two and Act Three um, go a little bit further into the future, where people have no longer. Um, no longer have a reference for the Simpsons. So, so they haven't seen, they this haven't is, seen it. This is a generation now that has not seen Anything. a television or has been had the use of electricity. Mm-hmm. So now they're just relying on the descriptions they got that have been handed down. Right. And so they are kind of going off. Um, they're, they're adding things. They're taking liberties with certain things. Um, there's a whole sequence where they all recreate music videos from the 90s but there's no music so they just it's all acapella and they they do their own beats and they have their own but it's kind of it's this montage of of songs from the 90s um that were really popular um when the simpsons were really popular and um then it ends with the final act they recreate an episode of the simpsons um the cape fear episode which references the film cape fear the the robert de niro uh version and um, in which uh, Sideshow Bob tries to kill Bart. Um, but in this version, other things happen. <laughs> right, because they have, it's, you're basically playing the telephone game at right. this point exactly. with the story, with an entire 30, 22 minute plot. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and it's horrific. It's dark. It's not for kids. Yeah. Um, I, but I'll be directing it at Valencia with kids. Not, you know, not kids. They're young adults. Um, <laughs> but, um, it's it's really exciting. It's a lot of fun. It covers just about every genre. There's music in it, um, you know, mask work. Like they create these masks of the Simpsons that are these horrific stylized, like imagine Salvador Dali making a mask of a Simpsons character. I almost always imagine that. So to be able to see it come true yes. would be very, very interesting to yes. me. I hope it lives up to what I have in my head so over the years imagined. <laughs> what you've dreamt of. Yeah. it's. Uh... If you need me to consult on that, because again, <laughs> I've given this a lot of thought. Let me know. I will. Mask consultant. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and um, I've I've wanted to do the show ever since I saw it um, in, in New York, and uh, I think it's going to be great. It's it's a it's a relatively small ensemble cast. Everybody gets a moment to shine. There's no like leads or anything, and I think it's going to be really great to work with theater students on it because it it kind of um, goes over theater history. Um, like I say, from sitting around the campfire, oral tradition, Greek theater, it touches on, um, yeah. lots of different eras oh, of, of theater, theater history. So, um, and that will be, that opens in February, runs for two weekends at Valencia. Um, tickets are now on sale for that. Oh, they are way early, but they're on right. sale. Well, um, you know, there's a holiday coming up. So maybe you want to get a present for somebody. It's true. Especially for that Simpsons fan. Although I have to say, I went with someone who is not a Simpsons fan and she really liked it. Um, so 
I'm not saying everyone's going to be like her, but you should be. Um, because <laughs> she, yeah, she's a lot of pressure to put on her. I'm it glad is. we're not naming her <laughs> Evelyn. She's in New York and she doesn't listen. So, but no, she, but I have a lot of listeners in New York. Really? <laughs> yeah. I just want you to know that. Well, she's probably one then. <laughs> she's in New York and she doesn't listen. Right. Come on. That's <laughs> just hurtful. She's busy climbing her ladder. But, um, anyway. It, it's a, it's a, a lot of fun. It's a great show. And um, they actually have a show that opens, um, that runs this coming weekend um, called the Penelopead. Penelopead? Yes. I don't know how you'd say it. Yeah. It's based on the Margaret Atwood um, adaptation um, of uh, the story of Penelope and Odysseus. And um, it is going to be a site-specific work directed by Rebecca Lane and featuring... Um, an all-female cast, a really interesting, I think, production. I've read the book that it's based on. I haven't read the play. But a lot of physical stuff, it's going to, I think, be, from what I can understand, it's like traveling. So you start at one spot, and then you you go throughout the campus. Oh, with them? With them oh, as the play happens. Yeah. It's limited to only 30 seats, and I think a couple performances are already sold out. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's happening this weekend at Valencia. They, I really like what they do. And this is, I'm not just saying this because I work for them uh, as a you know, freelance director, but they I really, they do, they do some challenging stuff for their students. It's not your well, run of the mill. Here's the thing. Why not try right. that? Why not do that yeah. in a venue where you can experiment a little bit more? You can try and not necessarily fail, but maybe not quite. Uh, do exactly what you wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's that's really neat. And um, uh, Ashley and Gardner and she's in it. Monica, they're in it. They're in the Penelope Penelopead Penelopead. I don't know how you say it. Anyway, so the former guest Pen- from Penelopead. No, that's a, yes, former guest. Former guest of the show. Um, and I've worked with both of them in different capacities. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be um, a really, especially because hopefully the weather will be nice because it's outside. Comfortable shoes. I, yeah. uh, hopefully they're doing it regardless of the weather because right. that would be that could make it really interesting though if there's some hopefully. inclement weather. Yeah, we'll, we'll see because they with, if there's um, well they have to see because it's obviously they don't want lawsuits or whatever. But um, but but yeah, I like Valencia a lot. There's a couple other things that are coming up. Um, the Garden is doing 1984, a stage production of 1984 that I'm really looking forward to. Oh, with the animals. Um, well, that's another one. That's um, Animal Farm. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, those are different? They're totally different. What year was Animal Farm set in then? Um, set in? Yeah. Uh, was it not set in? Maybe 84. Yeah. I don't know what? if it was. I don't yeah. remember the year. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. I don't remember the year. but yeah, I, I totally I, mixed those up. <laughs> Both George Orwell. Um, oh, I was thinking Watership Down. Water, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that made me sad when I was a kid. But... Uh, yeah, 1984, they just did a production of The Birds. Mm-hmm. My favorite show of 2018 was was their production of The Birds. Oh, yeah. It was so well done. And, and um, I loved the the set. It was really cool. It takes place in this old house. It's very different from the Hitchcock film. It was based on the, the novel. And um, I just loved the atmosphere, the tone. It was it was really cool, the way they did the sound with the birds. You always kind of felt that they were outside. You never saw the birds. You don't have to. You kind of, and it was so cool. Like they had the light coming through the windows and you would see shadows and a very, very cool, um, very cool production. I love what the garden is doing um, with theater. So um, anyway, there's, there's so much to now. We talked earlier in the show about 
um, where Orlando is, has come. And I feel like that um, there's a, really a lot to uh, a lot to look forward to next year. Yeah. Of stuff that's happening. That sounds pretty uh, neat. And of course, and there's a number of other things. We're, we're yeah. just touching on a few things that right. are a top that's of me. mind for us. Well, because I'm theater. I'm a yeah. theater guy. So no, that's no, no, the first thing. I mean, in thing. general, oh, like, sure. if we're missing anything, it's oh, not sure. because we're, we we're keeping anything out. No, we don't hate you. We might hate you. <laughs> I don't want to put it out there that we don't hate anybody. <laughs> I, I feel like Except for you, Jebediah. Very passionate. Right. Yeah, Jeb, you know who you are. You know who you are, Those Jebediah. Are, I'm looking at you. Code names here. And that means I'm looking somewhere out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that, that you're not looking at me. Right. Uh, why don't we play uh, another Christmas song? Let's okay. do, let's swing with uh, Mel Torme for a second. Ooh. Because uh, we haven't swung with Mel Torme. Did you know that Mel Torme wrote the Christmas song, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire? Did he really? He co-wrote the song. Um, and, um, I forget who with, cause it doesn't matter. Cause when it's Mel Torme, it kind of doesn't gets matter. Top billing. Velvet fog, man. He, um, yeah, he wrote the chestnuts roasting. It's called the Christmas song. Yeah. And, um, yeah. One of my all time favorites. So it was, yeah. And of course, um, Nat King Cole made it famous. Right. But, uh, Mel Torme's version is pretty great too. Well, we're not going to listen to that. Bummer. <laughs> we're going to hear I'm First World Drummer Boy, up. and now this. I, I'm glad you set that up, <laughs> assuming that I was going to play that. What He has another Christmas song. Good King Wenceslas. Oh. Yeah. I went to, so, when, uh, King Wenceslas, I have a little background information here. Yeah, please. Um, was not a king. He was a duke sure. um, of Prague, yep. uh, the Czech Republic, and Czechoslovakia then. And he, um, there's a statue of him in the Wenceslas Square in Prague. And yep. there's a statue. So I got to see what he looked like so that I could imagine him looking out on the snow and then seeing the poor man and all that jazz. But anyway, all that's that what I had to say. He's not a king. He was a duke. As we all are sometimes. <laughs> right. Sometimes you got to get taken down a peg in order to, you know, learn that humility. That's right. With that. Not <laughs> so, sure where I'm going with that. Someone said to me that the other day they were like, "Oh, um, Jeremy, you direct, right?" And I was like, "Wow, that I mean that it didn't hurt my feelings, but it kind of like it was a it was a he was a little dismissive, humility check, yeah. a little bit. It was when I, it was, I don't think the the person even meant it no, dismissively, no, 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 no. but it was a little like, oh, not everybody knows what I do. Cool, that's oh, all right. Gotcha, gotcha. That's okay. And yeah. I, I, it's a, it's a reality check. All right, like." And I had to say, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. I, it, uh, it does sound a little bit like, oh, oh, you do paint. Right. Or you do art. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, I do. And, 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 I, and I would like to do it some more. I mean, that's, but it, I think that's good when that happens. When someone yeah, doesn't Were they know. offering you a job? They were considering, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. All right. Yeah. In that context, I think it's okay. Yeah. No, no, totally. They, their intention <laughs> behind it was, was not negative, was not dismissive. I just, for me, I was a little like, you don't know who I am at first. And then I was like, yeah. oh no, you don't know who I am. That's cool. Like, you don't know that's what I do. And, and I'm all right with that, you know? So, yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, that's my little, Mel so Tremay. much stuff here. You, Mel this is good therapy. I think for my guests as well, <laughs> so you're working a lot of stuff out. I'm going to go get a waffle now. Okay. Good King Wenceslas, Mel Torme, WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to odd numbers. This episode is brought to you by fill in the gaps, actors and other performance artists, the backbone of the economy, the best people among us. As good-looking and talented as they are, sometimes they need a day job to make ends meet. And to get that day job, their resumes could use a little zhushing, a little something extra, something to connect those dots between day jobs. Well, that's where we come in. 
Fill in the Gaps has set up a number of shell corporations that help performers with their career crevasses. Is this legal? Maybe. Ethically, it's a gray area. How do we make it a little more ethical? By doubling down on the fraud. Along with lying about the companies you've worked for, we'll also provide job titles and responsibilities that make your resume more interesting. Here are some examples of jobs that you can say you held. Retail harbinger. Flavor curator. In-house color technician enthusiast. Digital haberdasher. Sound design ambassador. And beard sommelier. In some cases, the prospective employer will be too embarrassed to ask about the job, since they'll want to look like they understand it. Fill in the gaps. Make your life appear complete on your resume. You won't actually be complete or feel complete. You're going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. Yeah. Oh. Slots. A little extra there. Sloss. Sloss. Oh. Oh. <laughs> he won't stop. You're, the Mel, music today. Mel. Mel. <laughs> The music does uh, it's not. It's so festive. It's stop. so festive. So we've had some uh, CD-related issues. Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm here with Jeremy Sagers. You're listening to Odd Numbers on WPRK, <laughs> Winter Park, Florida. I've never heard that song swing like that. Yeah. It was swinging. It was swinging swing back and it. forth. It's so. I've never seen a CD skip. And start again. Downright rude is what it was. I it's, was trying to talk and it interrupted me. We just talked earlier about DJs interrupting the song. Right. And the, the songs were like, no, wait a minute. Hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're almost out of time, Jeremy. Oh, We've no. been talking about, so if anybody missed any of the show, you can go to a website called toacertaindegree.com. And I am catching up on old episodes uh, this week and next. So I'll have this up. Shortly, because obviously, <laughs> if I miss out on the holiday season, that would be fairly ridiculous. So I was at a market this weekend. Um, I don't know if you know this. I 3D print stuff. I also yeah. have a typewriter. So what I like to do is bring both when I'm setting up a booth at a market because I like to have the old school printer and the new school printer. <laughs> so oftentimes there's a lull in the activity at the event Mm -hmm. And I start typing and I'll usually it's kind of a stream of consciousness, but, uh, I did one in October and I started doing Halloween Valentine's nice. So kind of creepy ish, you know, uh, I'll be watching you type of Valentine's and, uh, which I thought were really appropriate. Uh, but this time I was thinking about, okay, uh, what would you, as you're starting this process of closure, with mm-hmm. Santa Claus and your mm-hmm. belief in Santa Claus. So you've sent him all of these things that you want, mm-hmm. whether you email it or mail it or whatever. The list of, yeah. Your you list, yeah. right? You give it to your parents and who knows what they do with it. Right. Um, but you never send him the breakup letter. You never send him that letter mm-hmm. for closure. So I've written some okay. and I wanted to get your opinion on okay. them. Okay. Okay. So these are uh, essentially Dear Chris letters. <laughs> okay. Dear Chris. I know you get this a lot, but it's not that I don't believe in you anymore. It's that I don't believe in me. This idea of you watching and constantly judging me was once reassuring. Now I don't feel like I'm deserving of your attention. Is it because I'm older and becoming aware of the inherent pointlessness of existence? Could it be the void that used to be filled by consumerism cannot be sated by anything anymore? Or is it your Amazon-like treatment of elves and reindeer? Does it matter? I have no milk and cookies left to give. It's good. Is that a good one? I like the Amazon reference. Do you think that um, 
you know, people need this. Is this something that uh, people want? Um, sure. Like I can write your letters on uh, letters on your behalf. Well, considering that people usually stop believing in Santa before they can compose something that's that. Um, well, you could still eloquent. you might still need that closure later on. Sure, that's true. Right, it's cheaper than therapy. Um, Way so. cheaper than therapy. <laughs> so I've got another one. Okay, Santa. Let's face it, things are just not working out. Mm. The gifts are great, don't get me wrong. But once a year, it's a very all-or-nothing relationship, and I need more. I'd appreciate it if you stopped watching me, both when I'm sleeping or otherwise. If we could do this without any kind of legal recourse, it would be great. Entering my house on any eve will be considered an aggressive act, and I will alert the authorities. With your parole agreement, I don't think this would go well for you. Goodbye forever. I'm assuming Santa has a past right. rap sheet of these some kind. These sound oddly specific. Are these based what? on anything huh? that you've received what? in this? No? Okay. No. no? Okay. <laughs> uh, one more. Okay. St. Nicholas, our bromance, once the stuff of songs and mistletoe has faded, I can admit that now, even with our anniversary fast approaching. Our music, I hear it earlier and earlier every year, from supermarket to super target. Those one sweet melodies remind me of better times, but still have become our swan song. Can you have multiple swan songs? And do all recording artists have to put them out on new albums uh, endlessly? Questions for another time. Later, bro. That's good. That's kind of like a friendship breakup a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because it's not all like... Right. I'm thinking most people don't have a romantic relationship with Santa Claus. Uh, Speak for yourself. Okay. I said most. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think there's Mrs. Claus. There's you. There's Rudolph. There's, what? I think, I don't know. Are we breaking news? Elves? Now? I don't know. No. Um, no, yeah, I like I like this. You know, Christmas can be a little melancholy. A lot of Christmas songs are kind of sad. Oh, they're very sad. Um, even like Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, the original lyrics were talking about like next year we may not all be together. Like next year, like some some people may not it may be your last. That was an original lyric yeah. in um, Have Your Soul Miller. It may be your last. That's very depressing to think about. So I think this is right in line with the spirit of Christmas, which is a little melancholy. You, you look back at the end of the year, you kind of reflect on the last year, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, yeah, I think that this is good. I think you could, I think you should write to uh, Hallmark and maybe they can do cards. Yeah, they've blocked me. Um, they just, uh, they, they blocked my, uh, letters, my address, my return address. (laughs) Yeah. It is a lot like blocking a phone number. I didn't know you could do this, but yeah. I didn't know you could do it either. Everything returns unopened. They don't even take it out of my mailbox into the, it doesn't go to an incinerator. It goes, oh, okay. Just bring it back to me. Oh, all right. Well, there's gotta be some way around this, uh, rifle paper company. Have you contacted them? Maybe they can do like a little nice little pretty illustration. Oh, along with, yeah. Yeah. Of just like, Santa Claus looking sadly at a so letter. Like, like and just this the back letter. of Santa with his head down, like walking into the sunset. Like, <laughs> okay. Oh I think we're getting somewhere. Rifle Paper Company, rifle, if you're listening. Just down the street. You can just go. <laughs> I like it. I'll, yeah. be, uh, I'll be asking them about that. What are you asking Santa for this year? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> a. A, a good 2019. I I would like 2018 was kind of rough. I'm not going to be honest personally. Um, so just to kind of smooth sailing for 2019. That's what I would like. 
Is there um, anything like, what does that mean exactly? What in particular? Um, just, I mean, I know you had a lot of uh, um, personal stuff going on. Yeah, my dad passed away and it was rough. Like, I'm just trying to find my footing again, theater wise. But, um, but I think, you know, it, just low key, no big changes, no big, and our change is inevitable. Um, but, but just kind of, I'm going, I'm, I'm going on a trip. I'm kind of planning ahead. I'm setting myself up for, you know, whatever success or fun or whatever. I'm yeah. going out of the country for the first time in a long time. European trip going on. Going to uh, Brussels and Bruges and Amsterdam and Paris. And I'm um, very excited. I haven't been out of the country in a while. Um, got this show at, with, uh, with Valencia coming up. Hopefully there's a couple other projects that'll be in the works. Um, but just kind of just a, a chill 2019. I don't want to win the lottery. I'm not asking for some big thing. I just really kind of want things to, um, I think we get enough chaos in the news and in the world mm-hmm. overall that in my life, just kind of just peace. And I know that sounds very just peace. cliche, no. but to ask for, I don't care not that I don't care. World peace is <laughs> world peace is is a great goal, but I think peace in my own life would be nice. So um, that's that's kind of what I want. Um, how about you for Christmas or just in the next year? In what gen- oh, what I want for the next year for 2019 mm-hmm. is really um, you know having my own I think set of uh, chaos as well as just trying to figure out where my place is in the universe trying to do something that I'm proud of on a regular basis, but still also pay the bills Mm -hmm. Uh, because oftentimes the passion projects, the creative projects that you want to work on uh, don't always uh, provide the salary that you need. So finding that balance of the two. Mm -hmm. And so I I would always love to work somewhere and and do something that I'm passionate about that I love. Um, But I'm also getting to the point where I'm good with, you know, jobs being jobs mm-hmm. and also the passion projects being the passion projects. So separation of, of those two things and being able to focus accordingly because you don't always need the most passionate person working on a project or working at a job. Uh, you need them to do the job. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's, it's in my own ways, find that balance um, and continue to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? you know, help educate people on mm-hmm. the things that they're capable of. I think that's something that I really grew to to love working at Rollins College um, and doing in the last couple of years is, uh, you know, telling people about stuff like 3D printers and makerspaces and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually just to segue back to gifts. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to go and get something made and work with somebody, go to a makerspace. Yeah. We have three incredible ones here. Find somebody who can laser etch it into a piece of wood or do something else that's very custom and very specific for the person that you care about. Um, and usually you'll have this great conversation with the maker about how they're going to do it and, you know, what materials to use and all this other stuff. And it becomes this collaborative experience. And that is as much a gift to the person giving the gift as it is to the person who's receiving it. And it's just so much fun. I agree. I absolutely agree. And those personal um, gifts, uh, you don't have to spend a ton of money on it either. That's the thing. Um, But it means, you know, so much more if it's, if, if there's thought behind it. Yeah. 
um, than as opposed to you just order. Having said that, I have spent a lot of time on Amazon because I'm having all my shit, my, my uh, gift shipped. It's hard to say gifts shipped uh, to Pennsylvania where I'm where I'm going. Yeah. So and a lot of stuff is like kids and like, you know, they want Harry Potter this and Harry Potter that. And that's all very well. But um, but yeah, especially people that live locally. What's great is you introduce them to a business maybe also that they don't know about right. by by giving them something that's locally made. They don't even know that this thing exists. And uh, so, yeah. I, well, yeah. And again, from the smug factor afterwards, you can go, yeah, I got you the best gift. Right. <laughs> Look at that. There's a competition. Local. There's some competitive. <laughs> what? Is there in gift giving? Uh, Are you sure? <laughs> there is 100%. You have to be, if you're not the winner, you're the loser. Well, especially with Secret Santa. I don't do oh, it at yeah. my job this year, but when I lived in New York, we used to do it. And there was always this like, oh, that person got a really good secret Santa because yeah. they're giving, they're getting all this really good stuff. Um, and can I just say, yeah, that's not a gift card. Right. No, when you're talking about secret Santa or anything else. Gift cards are so impersonal. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I will, I will accept a gift card if it's, of course. if it's two buttermilk I mean. bakery, I will accept one. Um, but uh, <laughs> hint, hint, hint. Um but, uh, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, you know, give somebody something, get to know somebody. That's the thing too, is like, don't feel like you have to give somebody a gift just because you see them occasionally, like really get to know them, have like, find out their true likes. Am I hearing, give them the gift of yourself. Sure. Of spend your some attention. time with them. Buy tickets to an event. Come over to their house. Time. When they're not home, yeah. let yourself in, go Get through their stuff and find out stuff about them without them knowing that you know stuff yeah. about them. Yeah. That's, and then it's a surprise when they're like, oh my gosh, how did you know I liked this so much? And oh, you, you're such a lost fan. That's great. Right. And you can't say like, well, I went through your drawers yeah. while you weren't home. Um, no, you should not say that. Right. You shouldn't. Okay. You got should it. just smi smile smugly and say, I won. I, I just know. I won. I just know yeah. you're a lost fan. <laughs> exactly. I don't know why I'm going to lost of all things. I don't know either. A show that hasn't been on in like 10 years. <laughs> this is this is my point, my current point of reference. <laughs> Good boy. All right. Uh, Jeremy, thank you so much. Jeremy Sagers. Thank you. Where can we find out more about what you're working on, what you're doing? Is it just looking for you up on uh, the face uh, just book? Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, yep, I'm on. I'm all over the social medias. So yeah. And Sagers is S E G H E R S. E R S. Yes. Don't forget. And so we'll end it with some Jimmy Smith. Nice. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Thank you. I don't know if that's how I it's am. actually meant to be uh, pronounced. As a question. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Well, we could be, if we're on, if we were on NPR, we'd say, here's, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Is that how they do it? It's upspeak. Great. Sometimes they talk up like this. Have a Merry Christmas. Oh, everybody is listening now thinks they're listening to NPR. Everyone. This is WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. My name is, is Nick. this is Terry Gross. <laughs> You're listening to Fresh Air. Um, I have been Nick. I will release Jeremy back out into the wild. Enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of your week. I'll be back uh, next week with another very special guest. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for listening. That was Odd Numbers. I can't get enough of Jeremy, so neither should you. Follow him on the Instagram. He's at Gerables, J-E-R-E-B. 
B-L-E-S, and go ahead and get your tickets for his upcoming show, Mr. Burns, A Post-Electric Play. That will be coming up on February 15th at the Valencia College East Campus. It's a dystopian future, but one we can all relate to. That was a pretty good show, huh? Did you like it? What did you think? Find me at toacertaindegree.com and let me know.